0: It's time for the Tri County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports
1: podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and
0: Brady Beaton.
1: All right, that's our cue to talk, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, Tri County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast, and uh, we're going to have a good show today. I can feel it already. Oh yeah, you can always tell by the pre-show
2: discussion how it's going to go. There's energy. We have another great guest on today. We have Nate Manis. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of. There's going to be a lot of smart baseball talk coming from at least one
1: headset. Yeah, and and yeah, we get to talk some baseball, and it's the middle of the summer, so we should be talking baseball.
2: Yes. So let's not wait any longer. Let's take the first break, and uh, when we come back, we'll have Portion Northern baseball coach Nate Manis on with us.
1: When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice.
2: North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP logos.
4: Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union, real advantages for real people.
1: 44. Duraclean by Bachelor. If you're not listening to
0: GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right. uh, You're back with uh, Dennis Brady and Portier on Northern Baseball. Coach Nate Manis is on the uh, program, long overdue, but I had a broken headset for a while, or we would have had you on right after the season. Um, Because uh, a lot to talk about, um, and a lot that I think is really positive, not so much for the season we're going to talk about, but for the season that's going to come up next year. Um, I I think there's a lot of optimism coming from Coach, and coming from Brady and I, who we're in the business of hyping things, so (laughs) we might hype you a little bit on the program, just just so you know. But Brady, you want to fire away first? Yeah, I mean...
2: We can get this started. I mean, if you don't know, Nate Manis, he was he, he, he was legendary around these parts, baseball-wise, played here. You went, went, what, to SC4, and then from there to Wayne State? Or, no, you Owens didn't go? Was it Owens Community Owens, College? that's where you Owens went. State. I knew you went to community college. Okay, and then you went to Wayne State. Yes. And then was, was trust me, you went down there, you knew who Nate Manis was down there on the baseball team. That. Yeah. So, I mean, well, before we get into coaching, just tell us a little bit about that experience, about playing here and what it kind of means to come back and coach for your alma mater,
5: because it's a little more special when you coach the same
2: program you played in.
5: Absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, You know, coming back, I was I was assistant coach after college. Uh, I wanted to coach my little brother, Brett. Um, So I really, really had a lot of fun with that. And then um, the job opportunity kind of fell in my lap. Uh, It was something we were working towards. I didn't know it was going to be this soon, uh, but couldn't turn it down. Like you said, uh, coaching for your alma mater and, and doing the things you you want to see the program achieve and work towards—it's uh, very, very exciting for me. Brett was all right. Uh, how's he doing? <laughs> yeah, he's just all right. He's, <laughs> he was—he's uh, he, doing—he's doing very well. Uh, he's got another year down at Ohio University. Um, he's closing for them. He's led the MAC in saves two years in a row. Um, so he's, he's drawing some interest at the next level, and, and as always, he's having success in everything he does.
1: You know, because he could hit a ton yep. in, in high school. So when you make the move that I'm going to devote myself to, to pitching, how difficult is that?
5: wasn't very difficult for him. I think he kind of knew somewhere along the way that, um, you know, his expectations for himself were, were to take, uh, you know, his game pitching as far as he could. Um, I would have liked to see him play both ways I think he's good enough to play a division one outfield but um, he didn't want to Uh, you know he he heard my horror stories I think about playing multiple positions in (laughs) in college and he was okay with just being a pitcher so um, it's fitting him nicely. So yeah for those who don't know you were kind of the utility man at at Wayne State I mean you were
2: always athletic enough on the field that they could coach could just go ah crap we need someone in right today Manis go out there oh someone on the hot corner Manis go over there. How, how, just talk about your playing days a little bit before we get into your coaching experience because you were a really talented ball player down there.
5: That was a blessing and a curse for me. Hmm. So I was recruited as a, as a uh, shortstop. I was all region 12, uh, first team shortstop in my sophomore year uh, before I transferred uh, to Wayne State. Um, but, you know, it, it helped me find playing multiple positions helped me find uh, a spot in the lineup every day. Um, there was... At practice, I was carrying three three gloves around, um, <laughs> starting in the middle infield, the then taking reps at third, then going and taking fly balls in the center, and uh, it was like that in the game for me a lot. Uh, I ended up playing over 30 games at third base my senior year. I'd never played third base before in my life, um, but I was kind of the guy that, like you said, I'd be plugged into spots where there was a need for our team at the time. Um, I led off. I found I found a good good. Uh, spot for myself leading off and playing whatever position was needed that day. Um, it, it, it takes a toll on you mentally and physically, but you know I was fortunate enough uh, to get get more opportunities that way. So
1: I won't ask what was your favorite, but where did you
5: feel most comfortable? Shortstop. No doubt in my mind. Shortstop um, is looked at as one of the more difficult positions on the field, but if you're an athlete with an arm, uh, it's actually one of the easiest positions, in my opinion, because the game flows. Everything's right in front of you. It's right to left going across to to first base where you talk about second base and third base, the footwork's extremely complicated. Um, Left field, sometimes it's, you know, fly balls play differently in left field as opposed to center field and right field, in my opinion. Uh, But definitely I was always more comfortable at, at shortstop. So even in that little response you just had there, you explained more
2: about baseball than a lot of people ever could. Playing every position, how much does that help you when you're talking to the kids, that you go, yeah, I've I've been there. I've played this position at the next level because you know you get some guys. Maybe they were just a pitcher in college, so you know you don't you don't learn the entire thing. You kind of got the whole nine yards in college playing every single position. How does that help you when you're coaching your kids?
5: Yep, absolutely. It was, it's probably the number one most valuable uh, thing I bring uh, to to my players when you are talking about baseball stuff is I've learned. In, in detail six to seven positions on the field that I can, I can teach. Um, I've been fortunate enough to play, with, play for multiple coaches um, in multiple states and, and see multiple perspectives on each position, each aspect of the game. Um, and I kind of take my favorite things and, and weave it into what I want my guys to look like. To a, a
1: young athlete out there who wants to go from high school to college, but the, the, maybe it's grades, Maybe it's they're just not getting the offers that they want.
5: Tell them about junior college and how that helps you. Absolutely. Uh, junior college gives you um, time to evolve as a player, as a student, etc. cetera. Um, I ended up going there uh, to, to Owens out of high school because I wanted to stay local. I had a lot of offers uh, out of town. Um, I also dealt with injuries um, my senior year, which kind of, you know, I was a little bit undersized as a player, so it was a good fit for me. But um, any, any kids looking uh, to get to the next level and those opportunities that don't present themselves right away, junior college is absolutely uh, a good place to start. There are schools that uh, specifically recruit out of junior college. It uh, gives you exposure to you know the pace of play, um, better coaching. You see guys that you have to compete against. Um, sometimes you got to get your grades in order, et cetera, like you said. So very, very good stepping stone. Uh, both financially, academically, and athletically. I think sometimes people undervalue just how good
2: JUCO baseball can be because you'll get some talent that, I mean, out of there, they're getting big-time SEC offers. Like, it's not just guys that couldn't cut it the next level and want to keep playing. You have some really talented players, and a lot of them go on to play big-time college baseball.
5: Yep, and some of those players just need a couple – couple of years to, to evolve and play. If you're a red-shirted athlete, uh, say a Division One program, you're practicing, but you don't get game reps all the time like you would in a junior college. So there's, there's school like the Wright State, Ohio State, uh, mm-hmm. Grand Valley, that specifically recruit guys out of junior college um, once they have seen you play, um, develop more as an athlete. Uh, and, and junior college baseball is absolutely, extremely competitive when you're talking about uh, Ohio, um, Florida, Texas out west it's it's a very very common option for for athletes down there.
1: You know, everybody matures differently. Right. Um injuries is is another good reason. So it's it's not something yeah like you should look at it or anybody should look at you and go oh he's going to junior college he's not as good as everybody said. Right. Everybody's got a story and everybody's story is different. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well I mean this year you saw some of
2: the, the better players in the area, especially with the COVID recruiting backlog, I mean, Luke Murkaw, Maceo Miller, uh, Zach Meyer, Larry Smayfield, they're all going to Jackson Community College. I know, you, Nate, you saw them all in person. They had the talent to go play at a four-year college, but because of one, the backlog, and two, maybe they want to mature a little more. They ended up going to JUCO.
5: There's a lot of talented kids, especially this year, going to play at the JUCO level. Absolutely, and, and those guys will, will be better for it. Um, sometimes it, it's an exposure issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just talking about that uh, prior to coming on there. You guys are doing a great job of, of helping our athletes in the area get exposure. That's that's more of, of what our area needs. Um, out-of-town schools are, are, are looking at sometimes Catholic League schools, uh, bigger schools down in Detroit and Arbor areas, and we have just as good athletes, if not better, up here. But uh, they need a reason to come. They need to know who they're who they're looking for. Why do you think
2: – because, I mean, we always talk about it on here that this is like the forgotten area of Michigan. Like, everyone talks about the west side or Detroit-Macomb, but I, my joke is that people down there think the war, Michigan ends at 23 Mile. Like, no, everything north of that is just farmland until up you north get north. to – Yeah, it's up north <laughs> until you get to, like, Midland. So,
1: I mean – Well, that's the thing. There are places up north that get more exposure and get talked about more than St. Clair County. And we were talking about it beforehand – all the athletes that have come out of this
2: area, I mean, right now there's, what, four professional athletes from St. Clair County at the highest level, and it still feels like you have to explain to people where exactly you are on here. I mean, Correct. you went through the recruiting process. Now you're trying to get kids to the next level. What have you
5: found with that? Absolutely, it, it, it goes back to just um, having consistent programs with exposure, constant mm-hmm. contact with the next level, with colleges, uh, they do the recruiting um Especially baseball's relationship based. They're not going to come watch a, a kid unless they um, hear of him or have a relationship with that coach. Um, and, and they know why they're going to drive the extra 40 minutes to come, mm. to come watch a high school baseball game. Um, you know, it, it, it just really depends on, on, on what sport you're talking about and, and who the coach is.
1: All right. I, I think uh, Coach uh, Manis is very prideful in a good way about Port Huron Northern Baseball. Absolutely. Uh, And I know that before we get into your players and talking about your team, which we'll do uh, in depth, I want to talk about your philosophy because you want Northern Baseball to be a certain way. You want it to be a culture, and you want the kids that are playing for you now to do it a certain way, and you want the kids who are going to come up to know that when they get on varsity baseball, it's a certain way. When they play JV or freshman, or whatever it is, it's going to be a certain way.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a meeting every year, and the players define their culture. We, we're we building characters. We're building um, individuals to go out in the community, have success in their career, in their relationship, succeed in school, whatever they're going to do outside of the baseball field. Uh, baseball is obviously a huge part of it, but that's also uh, something we talk about every day. Uh, we meet um, prior to the season, um, and, and the team – defines who they want to be as players, teammates, and what their team culture is going to be. Um, I like to think I bring a little bit of grit and hard-nosed baseball to the program. I have high expectations for my guys in that way, no complaining, hustle, et cetera, et cetera, high energy. Um, you know, I never asked anything of them that I haven't been willing to do uh, myself as a player, but we dive. We, we play outside in the cold. We embrace the cold. Um, we play early spring games. That, that's freezing. I know you guys sat through a lot early <laughs> early this year and couldn't feel your fingers by the third inning. But, um, you know, that's all stuff we talk about, um, who we want to be as people, how we want to approach challenges in our life. As a young coach and
2: kind of starting off uh, with the program, how hard is it in, to get a culture set? How long does it take, and how do you go about doing that? I know you said you have the players define it. But how long do you think does it take to really make your mark on a program and let people know that this is what Port here on Northern Baseball is going to be?
5: Well, we made some noise this year, and we Mm -hmm. plan to make more noise in in the coming years. But it takes a community. It takes consistency year in, year out, um, pushing towards the the goals and and the culture you want to build as a baseball community. Um, It starts at the low levels. Having a solid uh, little league travel programs Mm -hmm. in the area, Has uh, you need to get families excited about about what they're doing um and and have their 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 players have a a good experience um playing baseball at northern uh it's not a quick turnaround at all a constant constant push um 365 days a year in the direction we want to go but really looking forward to the next couple of years because i think uh there's a lot of excited people in the area about what we're going to achieve on the field in the next couple of years and and off
2: and i know I've been on teams that have had really good culture and have had a lot of success. I've had a teams that have had bad culture and have been really bad, and the talent level is not that different. How, from your perspective, how much does having a buy-in of a culture make the talent level rise above where they should be
5: compared to when it's not? You can have a really talented team not win a lot of games. It makes a difference between a good team and a great team, and you guys, you guys know that. Um, it, it's the same for any sport. If, if you're buying into the grit, the energy – um, the level of commitment you want to play with for yourself and your teammates, it's going to make the team that much more consistent. We talk about controlling what you can control. You can't always control hitting 300, or uh, you might hit a line drive and the, the shortstop might lay out and steal a hit from you, right? But you can, you can control your energy, your preparation for that at bat, how hard you run down the line. Um, those little things go a long way, and, and, and a lot of times set teams between average second-place teams, third-place teams, and the championship teams.
1: I'm going to tell you, we just watched Marysville softball. And, yeah, they were a good team, but those kids genuinely all liked each other. There were no clicks. Right. Uh, everybody pulled for each other. And that was their wild card, and the, they were one win away from being state champs.
5: Absolutely. You know, when when, when you buy into your relationships on your team, your your, your teammates, it, it makes diving for a baseball or running, running a hard ninety that much easier because you're not just playing for yourself, you're playing for your team. It was funny you brought up
2: Mary's a softball because when he mentioned control, you can control. The one thing Coach Rathje said when we had him on was, you know, sometimes a girl makes an out, but she's going back and she's telling the, whoever's on deck what kind of pitches she saw, what to expect from the at-bat. And it, it, it's it's kind of cool seeing the same coaches echo the same sentiments.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and just – it's a leadership thing too. It, it, it's nice if you've got uh, – any guy on your team who can step in and deliver the message that normally
5: you would deliver, absolutely. And I encourage players, regardless of of what grade they're in, to do that. We we invite every player on our team to be a leader, to be a vocal leader. If you're not a vocal guy, lead in some other way. Um, doesn't matter if you're a freshman, senior. Um, you know, if you want to be successful as a team, you should encourage each other to be be those players.
1: All right, we're going to get into your team and talk about guys uh, that uh, played for you uh, last season or. A lot of them are coming back most of them are coming back so this is going to be fun we'll do that in just a second with uh, northern baseball coach nate manis when you run with us on a gator utv the engine has your full attention the herd takes notice and the trail meets its match because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet nothing runs like a deer
2: your satisfaction is our guarantee.
3: Looking for that perfect first vehicle for your kids Sweet 16? Maybe you just want a quality vehicle at a fair price. Whatever your needs are, Jepson Car Company will take care of you. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson has a wide variety of pre-owned vehicles that can fit your budget. With a great selection for first time car buyers, check out their website at jepsoncarco.com. That's dot com, Or give them a call at 810-662-3048 to find the perfect ride.
6: it's on Port Huron schools.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, welcome back, uh, Dennis Brady and uh, Nate Manis, the head baseball coach at uh, Port Huron Northern. Uh, this past season, the overall the Huskies went 13 and 11, and they finished uh, third in the MAC Blue. Uh, the two teams above you had really good pitching. Uh, there was a lot of good pitching in your league. Absolutely. Uh, Great pitching. Mar- Marysville and Utica must have had somebody exceptional there because it just seemed like they never got scored on.
5: Yeah, I-, I think Marysville probably had all around the best. Three guys to start a series um, out of any- anybody. Um, Utica, had; were, they were just solid as usual all the way around. They had some, some bats that carried them. But, yeah.
1: So, you know, you've got to bring it just in your own league.
5: Absolutely. Um,
1: and, and we thought, uh, number one, I think Ruiz is one of the best athletes in the area on a baseball field. Would you agree with yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. He kind of reminds me, he
2: feels like, like you. You could stick him anywhere and he'll figure it out. Might not have played that position, but it won't take him long to get it down and That's be able to hold that position.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. Can't speak higher uh, of a of, of a player than uh, Derek Ruiz. Uh, he played shortstop, third base, second base for us. Pitched. Um, he's a guy that that shows up early, goes home late, uh, wants more reps, always has questions, always looking to get better.
1: Uh, and on the other side of the ball, because he's good defensively, um, I I thought I don't know if you considered him your number one guy, but I considered him your number one guy just in the games that I saw. Um, but he could hit leadoff for you, or you could have hit him cleanup if you wanted to.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I think he really settled in in the leadoff position for us. Um, he's learning to evolve as a hitter, uh, the mental approach side of things, just as all high school uh, hitters are. Um, but I, I would like to see him as a leadoff hitter for the rest of his career because he's a guy that can get on, on base and do some damage, bunt guys up when needed, um, and, and really cause cause issues for, for the other team. So.
2: Well, you mentioned how you think he's the number one pitcher. Well, let's go behind the plate. I thought you might have had defensively the most sound catcher in Logan Sheffer. It just felt like nothing got past him, and he was blocking balls in the dirt, other batter's box. His side-to-side movement, I'm sure his hockey skills helped a lot with that, but it seems like he covered more ground than any other
5: catcher I saw this year. And he did it every single day mm-hmm. for us, which is a huge, huge note to what he did on the field for us this year. Outstanding catcher, grinder, one of my favorite Favorite kids I've ever coached in my career because um, he goes one hundred and ten percent all the time and and he would catch a double header and then he would catch a pen at practice and then stay late to block balls uh, that hard work that success he had behind the plate he didn't just walk up and, and do it he he worked on it every single day throughout the off season when he wasn't playing hockey he was in a pole barn uh, Sunday mornings at seven am getting his work in with East Coast Michigan uh, same thing with Derek. Um, He's, he's an outstanding player, fun guy to watch. Uh, we had some injuries uh, behind the plate this year, so he had to take on a heavy workload, and we'd have a meeting every day, how's the body feeling, and he pushed through anyway. Uh, he's in outstanding shape that allowed him to do that, but uh, can't speak higher of, of Logan Sheffer, and uh, we're really excited to see what he does for us next year, happy he's coming back.
1: What What's the area of his game that uh, you'd like to see him work on the most? Is it footwork? Is it the arm
5: strength? Is What is it? He tries to do too much sometimes. He's a go, go, go guy, 110% effort. Um, I'd really like to see him slow down, uh, play his game at all times, not try to do too much. Um, I'd like to see him hit a little more consistently. He had a dip in the middle of the year for us. Um, I think that might have been just the demanding um, game schedule he had behind the plate. Um, But, you know, he's very, very polished as a catcher. Um, The new school way of catching, the one knee down, receiving Mm -hmm. baseballs, outstanding outstanding catcher one of the best catchers we've had in a long time uh but yeah I'd like to see just him him play his game not try to be be the hero all the time and 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 and, you know play his game so
2: now getting a normal 12-month cycle you talked I think we talked about it off air uh before this past season you had guys that were sophomores uh going into last year didn't get to play would have been lucky to get a su- anything in the summer. It was almost impossible to get work in the winter because no place that indoors wanted to let anyone in that they didn't have to. Now that you have a full 12-month cycle, an off-season, they get to do their normal school, you get the normal off-season gym work, how much is that going to help your
5: kids' development coming into next year, especially with as many kids as you have returning? Exponentially. Um, we talked before this in, in not having full winter workouts really, really caused uh, harm to offensive performances this year across the board, I think. Uh, pitchers were still able to throw their bullpens, but offense, you know, they weren't allowed to get in anywhere to hit. So you see the those two, two ends of the spectrum working against each other there, and there were some low-scoring games early on in the year. Um, but baseball is a sport that you have to consistently – work at your your game at your craft all year long like you said in uh, the high school season is just a kickoff for that they, they're gonna play all all summer um, they're gonna get some workouts in in the fall and then we'll hit the ground running come come January. I guess on the flip side of that
2: baseball might be the sport where you see this the most how do you avoid burnout and kids overdoing it because you'll see kids that they're they're playing 90 baseball games in a year and it's like I just to bring it back just a little bit you don't want to you don't want to hate the sport because you're doing it too much
5: or, or hurt yourself because you're doing it too much. Yeah, absolutely. That's something we deal with um, guys that are try to do too much or even multi-sport athletes. Um, we encourage that at Northern. Uh, we love to see guys play multiple sports, and, and we love to work with them on that spectrum. But there is burnout that happens, especially with guys that are, are still physically maturing. Um, I, I like to talk to parents and say, hey, it still has to be fun. Mentally, they still want to come to the field to compete. Because if they're not in that mental, mental uh, time for, uh, frame, then they're not going to have success anyway. And I think that um, starts at the, the early ages, early levels of Little League, um, not making your kid go to every single tournament all summer long, if you, you know, uh, f- make it fun for them. Learn to love the game, learn the basics, and then you start um, stepping on the throttle once you get in high school a little bit. But uh, physical burnout, you know, it's also an education uh, that we talk to them about nutrition off-season, lift weights, stretch, take care of your bodies. It's got to be something they think about and do every single day.
1: Maybe this is something we can get into more in the last segment, but um, maybe you can think about this too, like pitching, the, the big thing. Like I grew up, I'm old. Uh, I grew up in the Nolan Ryan era where guys threw 330 innings in a season and they threw 10,000 pitches in a game and nobody cared (laughs) Uh, to where now there's pitch counts and we monitor everything very precisely and and we're very we cautious about everything and how much a kid throws and stuff like that. Uh, Maybe get your thoughts on on that Uh, but maybe we'd we can do that in the next segment because I want to ask you about for because he is an exciting young player. And I still the sound (laughs) off the bat when he hit the bomb against pH in the playoff game, like first off, he's still rounding third, wasn't expecting it coming. (laughs) And yeah, secondly, the trot around the bases. How'd you feel about that? too (laughs) Oh man, that was
5: something we laughed about. Um, a while, and he was a little little brother of the team. No one knew who he was. Um, he came into off-season workouts um, in January. I said, this kid's got a good swing. I need to get his name and number. Where did he come from? Because uh, he went to a, a Catholic middle middle school. No one really knew who he was. And um, you know, he tried out for us. And I said, we want to keep you on. Uh, we want to get to know you, build a relationship, give you a little bit uh, better coaching for a couple weeks, see what you do. Well, we started him in the first doubleheader. And he threw out the the game-winning assist from left field against Yale early on in the year, which is a big win for us. It was a big emotional win. And um, the guys, he really settled in with the guys. And so he had success. And he said, hey, you keep hitting the baseball, you're going to keep finding time with us. And he hit, and he hit, and he hit. And he never stopped hitting the whole year. He ended up leading um, the team in most offensive categories um, like I said, he was kind of the little brother of the team. You know, he's the freshman, the 14, 15-year-old that's trying to fit in with the 18-year-old established guys that play multi-sport, at, multi-sport athletes. And um, him, him stepping up in, in a big game um, and hitting that home run was kind of the, the icing on the cake for us. Um, there was some team frustrations leading up. Uh, you'll get the annual uh, rivalry between PH and Northern in every sport. And there was some, some emotion that was, that was behind that game. Um, was really happy with the ways mm-hmm. our, our guys showed up to compete that day and they were hungry. And uh, him hitting that home run, um, you know, there was a little bit more weight to it than, than most people in the stands uh, mm-hmm. would understand when they see it. So really fun guy to watch, high energy, wants to get better, and he's having success already this summer playing with his travel program. We're excited to see what, what he's going to do for us.
1: I mean, he's still growing into his body, so he's not the biggest guy in the world. And, I mean, and Northern is a fair ballpark. Left to, to center is – you, you, you got to hit the ball. Yeah. Uh, and the wind is almost always blowing in. <laughs> always. Uh, so, for for him at that age to, to hit the ball like that, that's pretty impressive.
5: Absolutely. You know, he has good swings day in, day out. He's consistent, and that's why he found, found time. So, yeah, he's a, he's a solid kid. He'll go to practice and go home and lift weights after that's the type of – type of player he is, and we're excited to see all the success he's going to have the next three years.
2: Yeah, you mentioned it. Northern is, well, the two PH schools are both cavernous ballparks. Like Unless you get it down the line, I guess Northern's a little more fair to lefties, yeah. but even then, the, like you said, the wind's blowing in. It's tough to get one out, so to put it in into left field and to do it as a freshman, was was very impressive.
5: But you're right; he is that spark plug guy that every team needs a guy like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, our, our field is is huge. Um, it's bigger than a lot of MLB ballparks, even the Fall Territory area. That's something I'm hoping is going to change in the years to come. Uh, but definitely adds a adds an X factor in every game we play.
1: You got more space uh, on wild pitches and pass balls. <laughs> than I mean, the kid's got to run. To the back 40 to get the baseball from the backstop. That, that's why
4: Sheffer
2: doesn't let anything get by him. He doesn't want to run back and get it. it takes too long.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, uh, the excitement here isn't just for next year, but I, I, the next couple of years, because a lot of your most promising players are really young. Like for last row, you, you got three more years of him. Um, Armstrong is another kid that I really like.
5: Yeah, Absolutely. We have a lot of good young talent. Um, we're, we're hoping to see some, some more um, eighth graders that were eighth graders last year come, come into the program this year as ninth graders and have success early as well. Um, but absolutely, we have good young talent. Uh, our juniors were really solid for us last year, going to be seniors this year. Um, they're going to pave the way for, for those young guys to have even more success. Uh, Dylan Bloink, um, we're really excited to see what he does on the mound the next two years. Armstrong, you mentioned, great outfielder, He's going to have a really good offensive career for the next two years. Uh, Ryan for the sky's the limit for him. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, we have some good young talent. We're really excited uh, to get at it in the next couple of years.
1: Go ahead. Got to mention Owen Johnson. Yeah. Um, he pitched for you, uh, played third base, played wherever you needed him. Uh, and, again, a kind of a bat in the middle of your order.
5: Absolutely. Owen was a guy we could rely on day in, day out. You don't get much emotion from him. He's not a verbal guy. Yeah, coach, I'm ready to take care of business, OK? Um, he was our number one arm. Uh, he's having success in, in his summer ball right now. He's turning some heads. Um, for sure, he was our number one arm this year. Um, we put him in, in, in some jams uh, that he was able to get out of, and we expected a lot out of him. Um, and then he, was, he would go and play shortstop or third base. Uh, we move around in the offensive lineup as well. And he was one of those guys that um, this was his first year on varsity and losing the last year um, was absolutely a hurdle for him uh, just like my other juniors and seniors um, but he had a lot of success for us um, definitely one of the most physically uh, talented baseball players we have he's, he's extremely projectable as a pitcher and a position player um, he used to be smaller but he really grew up over the past two years and and physically he's going to be really good good for us next year and on the mound. Well you're talking about the excitement for next year y- you didn't end the season the way you
2: wanted to but you gave Dakota more of a game than I think anybody thought it was going to be I mean I think a lot of people looked at that went okay Dakota's going to win their district no problem pencil them in and I mean it was one nothing and I mean that's that's a big game that again a lot of your young guys see what it takes and they now know they're not that far off from being able to beat Dakota.
5: Absolutely, it's it's the challenge with high school guys are bringing energy and effort consistently every single day because you might be the best team on the field, but it doesn't mean you're going to win. You might be the underdog, doesn't mean you're going to win. You have to play like the best team every single day, and you know talk about sixteen-year-old, seventeen-year-old kids that are worried about um, their algebra text and the test the next day mm. or, you know, what's going on off the field with their girlfriends or what did they eat for lunch? Do they eat good enough lunch that day? You never know what you're going to get when they show up to the park. And that's been a challenge uh, for me as a coach. I think probably the number one challenge because our team this year had um, all the talent in the world, one of the most talented teams I've, I've, I've ever coached. Um, didn't have a lot of experience, but the talent was there. Uh, we were disappointed we didn't um, come, come away with uh, more hardware than we did. Uh, but next year, the expectations are that much higher because all of our arms are coming back for the most part, um, and we we're returning guys in, in all aspects of our of our team. So, yeah,
1: there's an interesting point here that like we we kind of touch on it, but we don't actually say it out loud. So a lot of seniors, all your seniors, were really playing their junior year of baseball. That's right. Because we forget, but we lost an entire season yep. of baseball that just wasn't played because of COVID.
5: Um, and, and how did that affect things, and how did that alter the way you approach things? It was a big challenge for us, I'm not going to lie. Our team was somewhat upside down this year. We had seniors that weren't starting, and and underclassmen were beating them out for starting positions. So um, having seniors on your bench is always a challenge uh, as a coach, especially at the high school level. Um those guys not getting that experience. Uh, guys like Angels and O'Flanagan played as sophomores. So they were the only two that um, had that exposure um, going into this year. Well, other than that, it's like a different different program. You're building a culture all over again. Hey, this is the ropes. This is how you put the cage away. This is what we do for this drill. You're teaching all that over again um, because you missed a year and then we're delayed again to start, start this year. So it was definitely a challenge for us. Um, you know, those guys got robbed of, of a year of baseball, Um, especially the seniors. Um, I still talk and stay in touch with some of those guys that are still getting over the fact that they lost their senior year of baseball that they worked their whole life towards. Um, And, and psychologically that, that took a toll on all athletes um, all over the country. Um, So we, we, we keep an open door for those guys to come out and, and play with us, work out and play, throw BP and, uh, stuff like that but it was absolutely uh, a huge hurdle for us this year
1: in softball the uh the pitching had to catch up to the hitting the hitting dominated for most of the season and then towards the end the pitchers caught up it seemed like it was the other way around in high school baseball this year I'd agree it seemed with like that. it was a
5: pitching dominated sport I would agree with that absolutely um the weather never helps offense early in the year in Michigan high school sports uh high school baseball. Um, but pitching, uh, the game's evolve so much. There's programs called like driveline baseball uh, where guys have weighted balls and they can do workouts in their basement uh, throughout the off season. that it doesn't take them standing on a mound throwing a bullpen. Um, there's more knowledge of analytics of how to throw different pitches. There's, there's so many more advantages um, that, are, that exist now in the game for pitchers to get better than there ever has been before, just like offensively. But um, there's no comparison to actually being able to stand in the box and take BP and, and see live pitching. Mm-hmm. If you didn't play summer ball out of state last year, you didn't see live pitching in a year and a half, two years, and that's right. a challenge. Well, one guy you
2: mentioned, and I want you to talk about him a bit before we go to our next break, Luke Angels was a guy that felt like at any point he could drive one up the gap, could split it. He had some speed. He patrolled the outfield really well. I mean, uh, he, he was a senior, right? So you, yep. you're losing him. That's a, that's a big part. But he, was, he seemed like a steady presence for you in that outfield.
5: Steady is a good word for him. Uh, he was our uh, captain for us. Logan Sheffer was our other captain. Uh, but Luke Angels uh, was that solid, steady guy that we knew what to expect out of him every single day, whether he was batting three-hole, four-hole, or he was pitching. Um, you know, he, he wasn't the most overpowering pitcher in the world. But he was going to compete, and he was going to bring it, and he was not going to leave anything uh, you know, in his back pocket. He was going to leave it all on the line, throw 110 pitches if he could. Um, and and he, he was really the staple of our team this year. Not a vocal guy, but he, he set the energy, he set the tone for, for a lot of our players, and he had been around the block. So um, he was a lot of fun to coach, a lot of fun to build a relationship with over the years. Um, had had a, Can't speak higher of him as, as a person. Um, and he's was, he was, he definitely going to be a big loss for us, no doubt.
1: All right, we're going to uh, hit a break here, and then we'll come back with one more segment with uh, Coach uh, Nate Manis from Port Huron Northern.
6: On Port Huron Schools.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, back with uh, Dennis and Brady, the Tri County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast with uh, Coach uh, Nate Manis, talking some baseball here, Port Huron Northern Baseball. So I asked uh, earlier in that last uh, segment, what's your philosophy? Uh, on the pitching and and how they protect the arms now? Is it overdoing it, or are we being really smart about
5: this? I have mixed feelings about it, to be honest with you, Um, because everything I teach, everything I believe is is hard-nosed, tough mentality. Um, But there's a lot to say for protecting young guys' arms. Um, Are you 14, 15, a young 16-year-old? You should be handled differently than a 17, 18, 19-year-old. Um, but there's so much, so much knowledge um, and, and resources for these guys these days in the off season uh, to build their arm strength up to easily throw 100 pitches. Um, it's not necessarily the number of pitches that they throw in a game; it's the level of stress in each pitch. Uh, so if you're throwing 50 sliders in a day, that at 100 percent, that's going to do more damage to your arm than throwing 100 hundred fastballs Um, Mm. it's just the 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 amount of stress you put your arm under day in day out Um, and if you're not doing the things to uh, take care of your body um, prepare yourself for a season and recover after uh, then you're going to have issues absolutely I mean the way people train for baseball has
2: changed so much I'm sure when you were growing up you heard the things don't lift weights it messes up your swing it messes up your arm and then you see guys in the MLB that are jacked beyond belief and you go all right that's a that's a crock so i mean just the way the philosophy for training for baseball i think that in more than any other sport there's so many myths and misnomers about what or
5: how you have to train for baseball compared to what the actual truth is i couldn't agree with you more and and as far as weightlifting goes um kind of the rule of thumb for baseball is overhead heavy weight right Mm -hmm. can you bench press Yeah, the game's getting to the point where it's evolving so much or so much knowledge of all this stuff now um, that you can lift weights. Absolutely. Um, Do you want to go and do 125-pound shoulder presses every day? Absolutely not. That's not smart. Hmm. But um, the more you weigh, the more physically fit you are, the harder you throw for longer. Um, And and diet is a huge part of that. I know uh, guys that that come in. Brady, you played college football. Mm. Um, the diet and, and, and how much you're eating, what you're putting in your body is huge, huge talked about at the college level. Uh, so why don't we talk about it at the high school level? So um, absolutely lifting weights is, is a huge part of all sports now.
1: That to me, just remembering how I was too in high school, but that to me seems like it would be the most difficult thing to do is get a kid uh, in any sport, boy or girl, to eat right. Right. I just – I don't know how you can do oh, it. no, because, yeah, you're 16. <laughs> you can
2: go to Taco Bell every day, and you don't see really negative effects yep. because your metabolism works so fast. Like, I remember talking to my friends, like, how we'd go out because Marysville, you're allowed to leave uh, – at least you were allowed to leave campus for lunch. So you go to one of the fast foods place, eats there, and then you go to practice later. And I'm like – when I'm in college, I'm like, how the heck did I do that? Like – like I drink one pop on a Sunday and Tuesday, I'm like, "Geez, I need to still flush this thing out." Like, it's <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah, the the, the nutrition has got to be one of the toughest
5: things to to really preach. Even pro sports, I just read an article on NBA players to go play go play a game of basketball, then they had McDonald's for dinner. Um, and it's a struggle. Uh, it's an education process. I mean, our our, in my opinion, um, you know, our our community, our culture uh, needs to kind of go that way anyway. You look at all the disease and everything that's happening these days, it's, it's diet, 90% of it is, is, is not, you're not born with it. It's something you develop over a long period of bad habits. So if you're an athlete, diet is just as important, if not more important than lifting weights. Um, it's going to keep you healthy. It's going to keep you flexible, prevent injury. Um, absolutely. Well, Absolutely. I mean, one of the most iconic
2: photos in sports
5: is Len Dawson, the halftime of Super Bowl, puffing
2: on a cigarette. <laughs> like, like you. I work for some yeah. uh, minor
1: league hockey teams where the bus would have to stop every couple hours so that the guys in the back could get off and smoke a dart. <laughs> like, like it's crazy. I mean, you see those old. You hear
2: the old stories about Babe Ruth, how he'd smoke a cigar like before the game or beer and hot dogs yeah beer and hot dogs were his diet and how much and I guess just how little you knew then I I guess the other question I want to ask you about baseball is the part of the philosophical is how you've seen the kind of change at least in the majors to like three true outcomes it's not like even 10 years ago hit it hard hit it on the ground you know level swing now it's launch angle get it up in the air what do you think about all that
5: it's better for the game at, mm. at the pro level. Um, mm. It's an entertainment-based based, uh, you know, sport, right? You, you want fans in the stands. You want to you bring your 10-year-old son to go watch guys hit ground balls and sack bunt all game? No, mm. he wants to see a home run ball. I understand that point. Uh, I agree with a lot of the analytics, launch angle, all of that. Um, I teach that to an extent. I don't believe that elementary, middle school, high school level kids should just be trying to elevate the baseball. You need to educate them on the full spectrum of why our swing looks the way it does, what we're trying to accomplish at that, that at bat. Um, you look at the analytics, the statistics, when you hit a ball on the ground as opposed to a line drive. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to emphasize people talk about launch angle. It's not just dropping, trying to hit the ball up in the air. It's understanding we're not trying to hit the top part of the baseball. The Baseball comes in at a, a, a downward angle. Our bat should match the plane. It shouldn't be swinging down on a ball that's already working its way down. It, it makes it harder to hit. And also, your outcome is going into the ground. You want to match the angle of the pitch that's coming in. Um, try and hit line drives. Um, and as you get bigger and stronger, elevate it. You're going to do more damage. Absolutely. Um, just a side note on that, anyone that's um, you know still developing their swing at a young level, if your hitting coach is telling you about that, um, you need to ask the question, why? And that goes for any sports, in my opinion. If a coach is telling you to do something and you ask why and they can't explain why it is they're teaching you a way to do something, they probably don't understand it well enough to be teaching it. Um, so you need to understand the full spectrum of things, launch angle, um, you know, generally, not just, not just thinking, oh, i got to hit the ball in the air.
1: And everything's getting so high-tech now and, and all of that. Uh, I don't know. I learned to hit off of a tee. Yeah, and I I, I hit okay. Uh, my my dad coached for a lot of years. He thought I had a good swing. Um, he, I wasn't going to be a major league baseball player. I knew that at a young age. <laughs> but little league in that, I did all right. Yeah. Um, do we need all this fancy hoopla, or should we just be teaching kids the way we taught them for hundreds of years?
5: Well, I think hitters are better now than they've ever been. And that's my opinion. That's something. Uh, my dad and my brother and I go back and forth with I think the pitchers are better now I think the hitters are better now is are there anomalies absolutely uh, would what I I'd like to see what Nolan Ryan could do with with today's technology absolutely I mean look at his statistics anyway he'd still compete in today's game there's no doubt about that um, but I think evolving the game understanding the game better equipment better analytics is turning out better baseball players I mean uh, Like 90% of the guys that went in the draft this year were NCAA baseball players. Um, Most of them were from the United States uh, that played high school baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, I think, good for the game. I think it's an education process that starts at the early levels and helping us to compete with some of these other countries that are putting out Hall of Famers all the time. So um, I think it's overall good, in my opinion. I like seeing seeing the nuances of the game. Well, I know Dennis hates all of the – the
2: sabermetrics and all that mm-hmm. stuff, the way to analyze the baseball game. There's so many different ways to go about looking at a baseball game. He likes the eye test more. There, I think there's a spot for it. I mean, obviously at high school you don't it's have all the information. I just think it's,
1: it's overused. Like, you don't. I'm sure it's useful, but I just think it's overused.
5: Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have to uh, concur with Brady. I mean, it depends on what level you're talking about. We don't, we don't use too many analytics or sabermetrics in, in high school level because you're still learning the basics. Right. But when you're playing for the New York Yankees and they want to see this position player hit X amount of home runs right. a, a year, then, yeah, obviously that you know plays into things. Uh, pitching, spin rate. No one's ever talked about spin rate until the, the past two years. Right. Um, how many times is your breaking pitch spinning before it gets to the plate? Yeah. Um, no and, one's and, cared about BABIP in high school yeah. ever. Exactly. Exactly. So high school, it's it's um, it's making the routine plays all the time. It's learning the the, the, the fundamentals, um, throwing strikes. It's, it's those stuff that most guys are still working on. And then, okay, once you show that consistently, then we can start getting more and more in depth.
1: I just, you know, okay, I watch a major league ball game. Yep. How do you react watching a major league ball game and they ask a guy to bunt and he doesn't know what he's doing?
5: They don't ask guys to bunt as much as they used to. Um, you know, I, I I think everyone should know how to bunt. Uh, me as a player, it was a huge weapon for me. I was a good bunter. That's probably one of the best things I did as a baseball player. It's a lost art. The game doesn't it doesn't revolve around small ball bunting as much as it did. Um, they'd rather see guys drive the ball into gap or or fly out and let the let the runner uh, do the damage with his legs than than to try and bunt him up. Um, yeah, I think it's I don't think that part. Is good for the game. Absolutely, I don't think bunting should go away. There's a time and a place for it. Um, we teach it at the high school level, and I, I don't want to see that go away. Um, but I do understand, you know, depending on what level you're at. Um, look at UCLA um, in college, the college World Series a couple years ago. Um, UCLA and there's a couple other teams that's with safety squeeze. Every time they got a runner on third base with less than two outs, automatic safety squeeze pretty much impossible to defend and it's a guaranteed run why well, leave it up to chance to try and hit a baseball strikeout hit a pop-up and not score the run mm-hmm. I think that's great for the game it's showing every kid that's in the stands watching that hey we're not we're not too good to bunt so yeah well,
1: I just I, I again the way they've changed some of the rules extra innings in major leagues they start with the guy at that that's second awful. base right. all I know it's an awful rule but it's the rule and it's an advantage if you can get the guy over to third base. So you, they're bunting a little bit more in that situation. And if the National League is never going to go to a designated hitter, which is also you, dumb, you're, you're bunting at the bottom of your lineup.
5: I think, uh, you know, my two cents on that is I, I do think the runner on second base for extra innings is going to go away. I think Rob Manfred made some comments uh, that he's looking to get rid of that pretty quickly. Um, some of the other rules are, are that they're doing is just to promote offense. It's an entertainment-based industry, right? They want to see runs. They want to see home runs, stolen bases, prevent injury. I, I, I I think it's probably. I would rather watch a game without a guy on on second base to start next year. I
1: definitely would too. I, I get why they did it
2: last year because you don't when you're playing 55 days and 60 games. You don't want a 13-inning game, but yeah, get rid of that now. Anyway.
1: You have anything I else, I don't like there? the seven-inning doubleheaders either. That's going no. away next year.
2: I know that <laughs> they've said that's going away next year, too. But like
1: that, That's fine in high school. In fact, I like the six-inning doubleheaders in, in high school. How do you feel especially about Especially on shifts? a cold day. Uh, I'm, you know, it, it, I, I guess if the guy's going to hit into it, that's his, his problem. And if you want to put your defenders over there, I don't care where you put your defenders. Me, if you're putting everybody on the left side, I'm going to try to hit it where they're not. Isn't that the old adage? Hit yeah. it where they ain't. I know it's not easy to do every time. If they're going to pitch you inside, it's kind of hard mm-hmm. to – but learn how to do it, and they'll stop shifting on you when you're batting 1,000.
5: That's true. That's true.
2: I guess the last question I have for you about the rules of baseball, we've talked about this before, Catholic gets to do a one-in-one count. You, I mean, you extrapolate that over a full season, pitchers throw a lot less – can play more games. What do you think
5: about a one-in-one count in high school baseball? I think it's ridiculous. To be honest with you, um, I understand the whole philosophy behind it, trying to say protect the guys' arms. Um, these guys are going to play summer ball, where they're throwing thousands of pitches in the summer anyway, um, and then their statistics are supposed to compare to every other pitcher throughout the state. Um, I, I I think you're you're kind of cheating the kids. Uh, to be honest with you, obviously Catholic League has had a lot of success over the years, um, getting kids to the next level. So, obviously, they're doing a lot right. Um, I would like to see it go, go to just like the other, other schools in, in the state. Um, that's the only games you're ever going to play that starts a 1-1 count. Um, you're not giving kids an opportunity to evolve as players that way, in my opinion. Well, I
1: just don't understand why it's not uniform. I mean, it, it should be uniform because there is that possible advantage. I know they only do it in their league games. Right. But their pitchers are throwing less pitches than everybody out when you when you play somebody in the playoffs. That's a public school. Their kids throwing more pitches out of necessity than
5: a, a kid who's pitched 20 Catholic League games. Right. There's there's pluses and minuses to it, and you know if you're talking about Catholic League, those guys have x amount of pitchers that they recruited sit on their bench ready to go anyway, right? <laughs> so uh, there's there's plus, there's positives and negatives to it. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's tough for me to be able to compare kids that threw a, two-thirds of the pitches that another kid threw in a year. Um, you know, I, I understand the concept behind it, saving arms. But, you know, uh, batters are also starting 1-1 and you know, it gives kids opportunity to, to to evolve as hitters and have a different approach. So, I think I like it more from a hitter's perspective than a pitcher's perspective. Makes kids swing –
2: and from our perspective, it makes the game move along faster. Yeah,
1: yeah. as a broadcaster, yeah, love it. But uh, as a fan of the game, it's, it's really not well, something. It's not my favorite thing to do. I wouldn't like to see the sport go that way.
2: Man, like you said, at least make it uniform. I can live with either way, just put everyone on the same plane. For yeah, but that's been asking a lot for a long time.
1: Absolutely.
5: Coach, you got any last comments? No, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, once again, you know, the stuff you guys are doing for the sports and and the community is awesome. I know families and players love to hear you guys call the games and and doing a lot for us. So, appreciate it and looking forward to uh, hearing you guys next spring. Well, as I always say,
1: it beats
2: working 9-5. to Exactly. it (laughs) helps when we have coaches like you that help us out a lot and make it easy on us.
1: All right, everybody. There's Nate Manis talking some baseball with the Port Huron Northern coach here on uh, this one, and I think we're going to talk football later. I think
2: we'll have football
1: uh, for Wednesday's show. Okay, we'll well we'll keep it a secret until Wednesday's show. I like doing it that way. I don't don't like showing my hand. (laughs) We'll poker face for Wednesday. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City,
0: the Blue Water area is stuck on sports.